you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast Future Rich. My name is Barbara Gindy, and I am your host and also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And I am here with my lovely producer that we refer to as Potter. Hi, Potter. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. It's been a while. I know it has been a while. I feel like we probably haven't done one since like the thick of COVID, which we're back in it now. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that seems like ages ago. That's so bizarre. Right? Because time is just going so yeah so slow. Time is meaningless. <laughs> uh, because like now we're still in COVID. I think I had at that time thought it was going to be like, we'll stay home for six weeks and then this will be better. And I know. I should actually, it'd be interesting to go back and listen. I wonder what we were, how we were feeling about, <laughs> about things. I feel like I was really happy to not be flying all over the country for work, but now I'm yes. like, Super ready. Not that I want to go back to flying all the time, but it would be like really nice to be able to go do stuff. It would. Um, I am getting a little anxious to leave my house. That's an understatement. Well, so the reason we're doing this episode is you have some pretty big news. And I thought this would be like a relevant topic to talk about for other people, but also maybe for you. Yep. I've got a quarantine baby on the way. Yay! We're going to have our first future rich baby! (laughs) Yes, very exciting, very overwhelming, but all good. Yeah, um, we're, um, for those listeners who don't know, there's three of us who work on the podcast, and we are uh, all very excited for the first future rich baby. Future, future rich is what we call her. (laughs) Future, future rich. I love it. We're going to set her up for success. Totally. She's going to like know all the financial acronyms and jargon. Like those will be her first words. Totally. <laughs> um, so I figured what we could talk about, because I don't think we've actually done, I feel like we talk, we've talked a lot about home buying and saving for retirement and emergency funding, uh, budgeting, uh, student loans. But I do feel like we haven't spent a ton of time on like what to plan for if you're having a baby. So, yeah, right? Yeah, it's kind of funny because I feel like that should go along with all the things, but it's been a a blind spot for us. (laughs) Yeah, I would say I probably, I I feel like out of all the women we've talked to, we've had a handful that have had children, but I wouldn't say 
it was the overwhelming majority, you know? And, and yeah. And sometimes like their issues were like, that was not the forefront of their concern. It was like something else. Right. Um, I don't know that we've had someone that it's been like the thing that they're going through. Right. I don't think so. we have. Maybe we should, we should find, if you are pregnant or just had a baby or want to have a baby and you want to come on the podcast, send us an email. Yeah. Send us an email or shoot us a DM on Instagram because we would love to have you on and chat about it. So I was just going to take the lead here and say that I feel like there are three key things to think about, um, when having a baby and one of them I feel like is not like what people would think about um which would be life insurance dun 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 (laughs) first of all I feel like nobody wants to talk about life insurance and I think it's a huge um like probably one of the top things you should think about which I feel like isn't the norm really but that would totally I mean the idea of getting life insurance would not cross my mind (laughs) <laughs> unless you know someone told me I should do it um because I think or I know my husband has life insurance because he was offered it through work I think okay. but like I don't know anything about it um I certainly don't have life insurance so I'm excited to hear <laughs> I'm excited what? to learn from you so okay so the reason life insurance is important and I would say it's important for both you and your husband because what you don't want to have the reason you buy life insurance. I don't think of it as an investment. And ironically, a lot, it sometimes is oftentimes is sold as an investment. And in all the, you know, materials that I read for work, it almost always states somewhere in the very beginning of the, the workbook or the textbook or whatever material it is you're reading for continuing education or, you know, all of those things. It almost always says life insurance is not an investment. And then you hear people selling it as if it's an investment. So the reason you would you would buy it would be to create an estate where one doesn't exist. So in English would be, I think the best way to think about it is you would, it would be a tragedy for your, uh, your baby or child to lose a parent. And it would be a tragedy to lose um, your spouse, especially if your spouse um, is the breadwinner, right? Because now you're, so now you're experiencing not only a personal tragedy, right? Of losing a spouse, right? Um, or the child of losing a parent, but then you could potentially also have a double whammy where you have a financial tragedy. And that, that aspect is a hundred percent preventable. That's yeah. And it's like the last thing that you need on top of the, the personal tragedy. Yeah. The worst thing in the world that I could think of is, you know, to lose your spouse or for a child to lose a parent. And then on top of that experience, some sort of financial tragedy, whether it's losing the home that they were li- you know, that they were growing up in, you know, now everything has changed, right? So they, they, they've lost a parent and now they have to leave the home or there's not enough money to care for them. It, there's so many things that could go wrong in that scenario. Um, we're also to be, go from being in, you know, where you plan this with your husband and then you lose your husband. Right. So now how do you maintain the, the lifestyle that you had, you know, been living? Right. Um, so yeah, the pre- the preventable aspect, right? We we don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen. Statistically, it's unlikely, right? Um, but God, if you were to experience that, then the last thing you want on top of it is to have financial stress, right? So that's why I think life insurance, and I think it's usually the most important when you get into a situation now where you have a dependent, um, and that's the way to think of it—a child, right? Because or a baby, because they can't do anything 
for themselves. So they're dependent on the parent or parent to care for them. So for instance, if you had just gotten married and you lost your husband, there is still a reason to have life insurance, right? Because you know, you have a mortgage and two incomes. It was based on that, but it's less extreme than if you have a child or two children and lose a spouse, right? When you were counting on a, a certain financial structure. Right. And, and it goes both ways, right? So, to, you know, if your husband lost you and now lost that income as well, right? So it goes both directions. Right. So explain to me in just like the absolute most basic terms, my understanding of life insurance is you you pay either monthly or yearly, de- depending on all these factors like income and I guess <laughs> income. And then if God forbid you pass away, what's what next what happens okay so the way to think about it is yes you make a payment just like you do other insurance right you're familiar you know you make your homeowner's insurance it's escrowed you pay it probably monthly right Um, and then if your house burns they pay you the money to buy back your house or build a new house right so same concept with life insurance you structure how you want to pay it monthly uh, quarterly annually and then if god forbid the person that's insured dies whatever amount of insurance you bought. So let's just say 250,000, you would get paid 250,000. And it's typically. So it would be like a, it's, is it always like a fixed amount? Well, just the overarching type of insurance just to keep it simple because insurance life insurance is, is complicated. um, Is there's permanent and temporary insurance. And so for this discussion, I think we should just focus on temporary insurance. I do not as like a person and also as a financial professional and CFP, I do not, um, I I hate to make like blanket statements. You're not supposed to do that, but I really, 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 really dislike whole life insurance. Like strongly dislike. Maybe there's like one or two scenarios I'll come across during my time as a CFP that I might think it's a good idea, but almost 99% of the time I will not like whole life. So we'll talk about, let's talk about temporary insurance. Okay. Um, cause whole life is permanent. Um, and then there is a little bit of a variation hybrid between the two, but that gets a bit complicated. So we'll just stay on both extremes. So the permanent, which for the argument of this discussion, we're going to call it whole life, which I almost always don't like. And then temporary, which I 100% love for young people. Um, it's the insurance I personally have. So basically what you do is you rent the insurance, if that makes sense. Hmm. So you, you pick the time. <laughs> okay. So we'll say, so you're having a baby this summer. Obviously, there's not going to be a financial tragedy if you pass away in 25 years, right? Your child is now in their 20s, right? Ideally, self-sufficient, probably educated, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But if you passed away when your child was, you know, five, there could be a financial tragedy at that point, right? Right. There's a lot, there's a lot of expenses to be covered. There's a lot of care to be given, right? There's a lot that could be going on. So for it, for the instance of this argument, you could buy insurance from now until they're 25. Okay. I was, and you cover okay. period risk. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Yes. So, so what I did personally is, so I, my first dependent or liability really was my business because I bought the business from my family. And so I owed my parents a lot of money and that was the money they were dependent on for their retirement. So 
God forbid I, you know, got hit by a bus, my parents would have been out a ton of money that I was supposed to pay them for 20 years or actually 15, sorry, I was supposed to pay them for 15 years. And that was their retirement money. Right. So I had to get insurance when I bought the business. So God forbid anything happened to me. My parents had the money they needed for their retirement. So what I did is I just bought extra because in my mind, I was like, oh, clearly get married and have a child at 32. I don't know where I came <laughs> up with that. But for our listeners, I am still unmarried and I still have no children. So I will not do insurance. So I bought $2 million worth of insurance, a million for my parents and then a million for my future family. So that, you know, if when I had my future family, if God forbid I got hit by a bus, my parents would be covered for their retirement, which I had a, a contractual obligation to pay them. And then my family, my kids or husband or both would get another million dollars. Gotcha. Only did it for... 20 years because I figured I was planning on getting married and having a baby really soon. Turns out that didn't happen. But so I figured that by that point, the kids would be old enough, right? That there shouldn't be a financial tragedy when they're 18, 19, 20. There probably could be a little bit, but for our right. sake, there wouldn't be. They're grown up now. And then at that point, right. Not nearly as much as it would be. Yeah. If you're a, kid, a little kid, right. You can't go out and get a job at five to help pay the mortgage. Right. So I attempt, I use temporary insurance and the reason I like it is because you're covering the period of time where there's a risk, right? Because there's not a risk when you're 60, right? Like if, if your mom or dad passed away, it would absolutely be a tragedy and it would be devastating, but it wouldn't be a financial impact to your life. As their child, but as the spouse, it would be, right? As the spouse, it would be. Yeah, but it's, it's statistically... Not at their age, right? So now at this point, both your parents are probably collecting Social Security. From the time they started working through now in retirement, they've saved money, right? Right. So if anything happens to either one of them, the other party should be covered, and then the kids don't have a financial tragedy when they're in their 60s and 70s, right? Gotcha. But if your mom or dad would have passed away when you were five or six, that could have changed the whole trajectory of your life from a financial standpoint. Right. Makes sense. So so typically what I recommend for young people is getting a temporary, so doing temporary or what's also referred to as term insurance for somewhere between a typical periods of time are um, 20 years, 25 or 30 years. It's usually 20 and 30 give you the best pricing. And then you pick an amount of money. Um, the way I like to do it is you pick what you think you would need to replace, right? So not basing it purely on income, but more on needs. So, okay, I think we're going to have, because you only want to go through the process once, right? I think we're going to have three children. I'd like, if anything happened to me, I'd like for all three children to go to college. So let's just say we're going to assign a hundred thousand for each child for college. That's 300. We have a mortgage. I would want that to be paid off. So there's less stress on my spouse. So we'll say that's another 300. So, and then, you know, for costs for care for the rest of the, the you know, for whatever age I predeceased. So we'll just say you've added it up and you think you need 750,000, right? Okay. So then you get a policy for $750,000 for 30 years, right? And you pay the premium every year for 30 years. At the end of 30 years, argument's sake, you're now 60, kids are all grown, house is all paid off. And over those 30 years, because you didn't, you bought the cheap insurance, you put money in your 401k, you invested in, uh, you know, stocks and bonds. And now at the end of 30 years, you have no mortgage, your kids are grown through college, and you've created your own net worth by saving over the 30 years. So at right. that, okay, that makes total sense. Yeah, you no longer need insurance. All right. Well, I need to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And you can't do it when you're pregnant. Cause I feel like sometimes I had these conversations with people are pregnant and I'm like, Oh, do you have life insurance? And they're like, no, but we'll go get it. And I'm like, well, you can't get it. To you. you have to wait till you have after the baby. And then the other thing to think about too, and oh. I always, yeah, because you're currently pregnant. So you have to wait till you're done. Um, and the other yeah, thing exactly. that's good about um, term insurance is I always say, go for like the amount that you think will fully cover you. And for, I usually would say about 30 years. Cause then you don't have to worry about it. You can always cancel it, right? Like after 20 years, if you've saved up $700,000 and you don't need it anymore, right? Because you have a net worth, you have assets to leave your spouse um, and not, yeah. not your children, you can always cancel it. Okay. So you don't have to go all the way to 30 years. So if you get the 30 year one at year 20 or 23, you're like, you know what? We've saved a ton of money. The house is paid. Kids are grown and everybody has jobs. Like we, we don't need to pay it anymore. Then you just cancel it. You also have the other option if you, God forbid, still needed it, you could you can keep it. It has uh, term insurance always has a you have to ask for it to have a feature, but the last year you can convert it into a permanent policy should there be some event in your life down the road where you need it to keep a portion of it. Okay. So it works it works really well. And then I always say for people because um I had one person say to me, Oh, well, I have life insurance through work. And I was like, Okay, that's great. And they're like, Yeah, and I have life insurance through the last company. And I'm like, oh, so you you purchased the insurance when you left? And they're like, no, 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 I just got to keep it. They like misunderstood that like typically unless you buy additional coverage through work, that coverage ends when you leave that job. Right. So I think it's always a good idea to have your own policy because it co- it comes with you, right? It's not dependent on work. If you got fired, you're still insured the next day. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because the way I've seen things happen in life, which is unfortunate, but it's like everything goes wrong at once, usually. When it rains, it pours. Yeah. And so I always feel like it's better to have your own policy that you can carry with you. And then the, the work plan is the like the cherry on top. It's extra. That's great. But then that way, God forbid you lost your job and then something happened to you. Like that would be a really terrible position. Right. Yeah. Um, and to give you an idea on pricing, term insurance when you're young is super, super cheap, which is why I like it. Because then that means you can, because we all know, and I think when you listen to the podcast, everybody has so many financial goals when you're young. So it's like, how am I going to figure this all out? To give you an idea, a $500,000 term policy for a 30 year old female, because female and male, right, make a difference. Non smoker, right? If you're a smoker, they don't like you. But for 30 year, Guess how much it is for five hundred thousand dollars of coverage a month? A month? Oh my gosh! A hundred bucks? Thirty-five dollars? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I can handle that. Right? Like Thirty-five dollars <laughs> is like a really digestible number, and that's five hundred thousand dollars. Like, I mean, that could pay off a mortgage, more than a mortgage, right? Like, I mean, it's a that's yeah. that's, that's tax-free. That's like five hundred thousand dollars. It, let's say you're, let's say you make your spouse a beneficiary. That is $500,000 in the bank. It's not 500,000 pre-tax. It's that's. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a no brainer if you have a kid. That's what I think that. And I think, and if you ever deal with an insurance person, they'll always ask you how much you can afford. That is absolutely the wrong question, mm. right? Because most people can afford more than $35 a month. That doesn't mean they need to buy a more expensive policy. If you only have a need for $500,000 of insurance, you should get the most efficient uh, insurance, in my opinion. Yeah. And $35 a month means you can still buy your home, you can still pay off student loans, and you can still save for other goals. 
Because to give you an example, the permanent insurance for that same number, $500,000 for a 30-year-old female, guess what a permanent policy would be? Is it like more like a hundred? $455. A month? A month. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that. That's insane. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So I always think term is the way to go. And I always think it's good for both people to have, you know, both spouses to have their own policy to cover each other. And you just, I like doing it needs based. So figuring out how much you think you would want to leave your family if anything happened to you. Right. The other way to do it, like, which is like textbook is like, figure out what you make a year times it by the years you're covering, which I don't really like that. Yeah. Concept. I like to just pick a number. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, so that is life insurance. All right. And putting that on my list. Put that on your list. Yeah. And I think that the term is the no brainer because for like 30 or 40 bucks a month, you have the peace of mind knowing that you're covered. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who can afford $400 a month for something. Yeah. So can I tell you, can I tell you what they do? What an insurance agent will do and insurance agents um, are not regulated by the same bodies that, um, like a CFP or a financial advisor, financial professional might be regulated. So they can kind of use different language than we would be allowed to. Oh. Um, yeah. So you just always want to be wary of that. I think it's really important to look at people's credentials before dealing with them. And so, you know, my opinion is you should always work with a CFP because you know that they have an ethics component to it. Um, right. But anyway, the question will be how much can you afford? And so you, you know, maybe they go through the budget with you and you, and they say, Okay, it looks like you can afford um, like about $200 a month, Potter. And okay, so what they do is they they disguise it because they have all these crazy names for it, but they'll sell you partial permanent policy, right? So let's say 150 of it is permanent or $100 is permanent. But because that dollar amount won't get you what you need, they mix in term with it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then people think that they have, a, you know, $500,000 of permanent, but they don't because they couldn't afford 455 and they didn't want to sell them pure term because the insurance person makes zero money on that deal. Right. So then they just combined it with permanent and term and rolled it into some fancy name. And then that person thinks they have permanent. And then they come to meet with me like 20 years later. And I'm like, no, it's not hundred percent permanent. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you want to know what you want to know what you're shopping for. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Adding that to my, my miles long to do list. Um, and then the other thing you want to do once you do that is you want to make sure that you have a will, um, and you want to have a guardianship provision in there. That's whoever, if, if both of us were to pass away, that's who takes guardianship of the, of the kid. Right. Correct. Correct. Barbara, it's going to need to be you. <laughs> Just can, kidding. I with the money. I don't know if I can be the kid's child. <laughs> oh, so it can be two different people. You can have two different people as a guardianship. Like you can have, let's say, um, your sibling be the person who's going to raise the child uh-huh. and then have, let's say your husband's cousin be the person managing the money. Oh, interesting. Okay. Cause it might not be the same person who's good at both. Right. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. 
Now, what are the crazy things I need to know about a will? What are the, the secrets? So, um, the, the will can probably be pretty standard. I think the best course of action, if it's pretty straightforward, is to have everything beneficiary driven. So like 401ks, um, obviously the life insurance should have a beneficiary, the 401k should have beneficiaries, bank accounts, all the things almost always you can put beneficiaries on. So the will is really a catch-all. And I think for having children and young children, the most important part of the will is going to be that guardianship provision. Right. Because in theory, if I didn't have a will and I were to pass away, it would go to my child, right? The 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 hang up would be kind of like who is managing it while the while the kid's a minor, right? Yes, you'd have yeah, you'd have to say who is going to be the person in charge of it because they're going to be a minor, absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. And it's more of you if something happens to both of you, right? Because right, like if if you're going on vacation and my worst nightmare, like the plane crashes or something, right? Then you wouldn't want like your husband's grandparents or parents and your parents, let's just say they was, they didn't get along, which I have no idea if that's the case, but, and I doubt it, but you wouldn't want one grandparent saying, Oh, we're going to take the child and the other grandparents saying, well, but we want the child. And then what happens is there would, the state would get involved. Right. And that is probably and not what you want. No, it's better to have it. The way I always say with the will is it is so much better to have it. If you have written out instructions, it always goes smoother because essentially you're going to either pay a lawyer up front or you're going to pay a lawyer on the back end and right. it's way more expensive on the back end. Yeah. Whew. Never imagined a will is one of those things you just like never imagined you're going to actually Me. do. <laughs> and to be Things honest, are getting real. Right. Don't you feel like such an adult? And you honestly, you really probably would only do a will most likely twice in your life. Now when things are getting real, like we're having kids, we have a mortgage, we have, you know, things that we would want to beat up. So you have all that in there. Um, and then most often you do it again when you get to retirement because now everything's changed, right? Kids are grown, right. we have assets, like how are they going to be distributed to our heirs, blah, blah, blah. So then, and then, you know, you've maybe downsized. And so at retirement is like often when you do another one. Right, that makes sense because your kids in theory aren't, don't need, they're not getting anything. Just kidding. No, yeah, it is like the role <laughs> Well, then you're like choosing who you want to be your healthcare proxy and so right forth. yeah stuff like that okay like that. that's that one I feel like is a relatively simple one to wrap my head around just gotta do it which is the hard part which is the thing <laughs> and you know what I say to people often especially because you're so gonna be so busy because your to-do list is long you know obviously the best case scenario is like sit down and do it with an attorney I think but like you could also, if you wanted just to get it done quick to have something, you could also probably go to one of those online legal sites. Oh yeah, okay. And then you have something. Right. It's bet something is better than nothing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Not being a lawyer, but I I would imagine those are all valid and you read the disclosures. But um, yeah, mandatory disclaimer: we're not lawyers. We're not lawyers. <laughs> From our legal department, we are not attorneys. Um, and then I guess the last little thing would be saving for college, um, which is a question I get asked about a lot. And a popular way to save for college is using a 529 account, which is just the acronym um, that they use um, for the plan. For it, and it basically just designates 
um, that it's a tax advantaged investment plan um, designed specifically for higher education. And is that the type of thing that you can open at just like any bank? Like I use Wells Fargo or would I have to go to my like? So it's, it's usually state specific. You don't necessarily have to use your state plan. I believe with your state plan, you do get a tax break. So for uh, New York state, the website is newyorksaves.org. Um, but you're not mandated to use that state plan. Like I know, for instance, you can use Virginia's plan, which is a little bit more flexible. Uh, but no, I don't. You can't just go to like Bank of America that I that I know of. Okay, uh, I don't just like wander into Wells Fargo and say hello one five twenty nine, please. <laughs> no, you. It's yeah. Uh, specifically for New York, New York. I think New York uses. I want to say it's Vanguard and J.P. Morgan, maybe. But the easiest way to do it is to go to the New York website or look at your own state site for the, for the 529. Okay, cool. And is that something that would go in my child's name? So your child would be the plan would be, it's like held in custody for the child because the child is a minor. Uh huh. So let's say you put it in your name and then God forbid something happened to you, you would make the successor uh, your husband and then maybe the successor from there, somebody else. But um, so it would be your name and your child's name. Okay. And basically the great part about it is it grows tax deferred. And you pay no federal tax on it as long as it's qualified withdrawals. And so basically, um, and if you do a state plan, then there's no state taxes as well. And that qualified withdrawals are basically eligible education expenses. And they have a list of everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it has a really high threshold for what you can contribute. So you can do up to 75000 in a single year and 150000 if you're married, filing joint for each beneficiary. Wow. Yeah. So basically, um, that's your, that's your maximum. So basically the reason it's their great plans is because, um, you can put money in, but the grandparents can put money in, like relatives can put money in. Right. Put the kindergarten graduation, 20 bucks in there. Exactly. Very cool. That's a fun one. Yeah, that is a fun one, right? You can set (laughs) it up and then, yeah, way more fun than life insurance. (laughs) But yeah, I, I will double check. But yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to, you, you're best going through your state state plan. I don't think you can just open a 529. You used to be able to, um, oh, and it, I just looked it up on the website. Uh, the partners are Vanguard and Essentius. Okay. So everyone knows who Vanguard is. Um, but yeah, they use their, there are other ways to save for college, like um, UTMAs and UGMAs, and, but they're just what? not. What are the? <laughs> Uh, an utma or an ugma i need you to spell that okay it's just the abbreviation sorry i said that yeah i guess i realized it's like not a normal thing um so an utma stands for a uniform transfer to minors okay yeah and the ugma is i believe it's the uniform uh gift to yeah uniform gift to minors act um i love that I know. Whimsical. I just talked in acronyms. I apologize. Um, so the 529 is like the more modern version and like way more popular. But you'll when you're looking into it, you'll you'll hear about Utmas and Ugmas. <laughs> Sounds like a pair of like evil twins. I know it does. Now that I said it out loud. <laughs> I love it though. Yeah. So yeah, the 529 is I think the way to go. It's like 
definitely more popular and more flexible. So, like, if one child doesn't use it, you could transfer it to another child. Oh, and like, okay. Yeah, and in terms of, like, qualified expenses, like, they're pretty flexible on that, too. Gotcha. So, like, if, if I have a 529 and then my kid decides to, like, not go to college or, or something, if I pull that money out, I'd be taxed on it, right? Yeah, so that's the downside, right? So if you don't use it for um, eligible expenses and you use it to buy a house or something, yeah, you'd just pay, ta- you'd pay taxes okay. on it. All right. Yeah, but overall, I feel like it, that's a good account. So as a summary, I would say I think the number one most important thing is really the life insurance. Because if that's not there, like, I would put that as number one. And then number two would be, or almost equal, would be the will with guardianship provision. Yeah. And then, and then third would be college savings. And I I would. Because that you could kind of, you could start it theoretically when they're like five, right? It's not like an urgent. It is not urgent. And, and it's really optional if you think about it, right? Like, Some parents are like, you know what? My parents didn't pay for college. Like, I'm not paying for college. They're on their own. Yeah, my plan was just to have this whole, like, education bubble to burst in the next 18 years. And hopefully my kid would have some better options. But that's probably not a great plan. Should probably go for the UTMA. No, the 529. The 529. I just wanted to say UTMA. (laughs) We don't want to go for the evil twins. (laughs) So the reason why I think that they stopped using them or they became not that popular is because when the child reached the age of majority, depending on the state, like 18 or 21, they could call up and empty the account. Oh, which like 18 year olds are not known for being um, most responsible. wise decision makers. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, oh, that's really funny. Yeah, that's like a big difference that like it it officially becomes like the child's money at like whatever state, whatever the state of um, says the age of majority is. So that's why the 529 is more popular. Oh, man, that's funny. You could be like, you're not going to college. So therefore, you're not getting the money where like with yeah. the, the kid could be like, great. Well, I just called the investment advisor and got the money. Yeah, the kid would be like, why would I go to college when I can just drain all this money? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So yeah, I think those are like the three, I mean, obviously there's a lot to think about with having a child, like making sure you have a solid emergency fund, the health insurance aspect of there it. There is. But, Let me tell you, yeah. this to-do list is a mile long and it just keeps growing. You cross off one thing and two more just sprout up. Oh no, oh no. But it's good. It's all, all good things. Yeah. Well, we are all excited for the first future, future rich baby. <laughs> And I hope this was helpful and I hope it was um, helpful for the listeners. Maybe we'll see if we can get some more people on the pod who are having babies or had babies. Yeah. I think I want someone to come on who is like in the thick of it. That'd be fun. (laughs) Well, hopefully we'll get some people to like message in. Yeah. And they can commiserate with me. Yeah. Come message us. We can talk Uh, about how expensive maternity jeans are. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I, oh my gosh, Barbara, I tried on a pair and I was like, these are great. I'm going to buy them. Log online. They were like 200 something dollars. I was like, like, excuse me. (laughs) I I went to a maternity clothing store. Who was I with? I was with a friend who was visiting and she wanted to go to this one store. We went and I was shocked at the prices. Oh, it's crazy. And then it's like, when you think about it, you're like, realistically, I will wear this, you know, 
for a couple months. It's it's not going to be forever. Right, it's not like you're going to keep the jeans forever. Right? I mean, as like, much as I would love to always wear jeans with stretchy panels, and I might, <laughs> but it, it just doesn't seem like a, a good decision to spend that like much a, on a pair of jeans. Like a good investment. Yeah, I didn't even think about the maternity clothes thing. Yeah. Hey, so I have an idea. If you buy them, will you keep them? Because maybe I will have this future family and then I can just borrow them from you. Oh, yeah, we should create a, a future rich maternity clothing swap. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun, right? Because, like, you're only going to wear them for a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a whole thing, let me tell you. But I've been – there's a savings. Be pregnant during a pandemic, and then you won't have to buy maternity clothes I was because – you don't have a lot of places to go. I literally <laughs> wear my husband's basketball shorts on, like, work calls now <laughs> because no one can see my lower half. You just need to be dressed from the top. Um, that's totally fine. I definitely wear a lot of shorts with, like – yeah, my boyfriend came over the one day and I was wearing shorts with a lace top, like no joke, like full lace on the top and then like workout shorts. And he was like, what are you wearing? I was like, oh, I just had to be business. It's like quarantine, business on top, whatever the hell you want on bottom. Yeah, which I definitely think is a benefit probably during maternity. Yeah, definitely. Well, very cool. Well, Potter, it was great chatting with you as always. We'll wrap it up for our listeners. So um, as always, you can follow us on Instagram and we have our two free classes, the one for student loans and then also the future rich one, which we do on day three, go over life insurance. So if you are having a baby or plan on having a baby, definitely check out day three. Um, And you can find that at www.financial.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.